Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Vile Files. What a crazy week. We're wrapping up the Bachelor finale, and we have a great show for you to recap all things Bachelor finale a and AFR with the wonderful Zuri Hall is joining us today. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me it's, here, Nick. I'm so excited. It's so nice to be here. We have the team as well, Chrissy, Amanda, and Allie. Uh, before we get into the recap, uh, just a quick reminder, the, uh, the conversation really, it's this breeze after the final rose and uh, tell all because she was, you know, cut out of both. So we, <laughs> we got her, it's a win for us. So I don't, I don't know. Um, but, uh, Brie was great and, uh, be sure to check that out as well as, uh, check out our ass Nick episode. If you're looking for some wonderful relationship advice and tragic stories about people's lives that we try to solve. Anything else before we get into the recap? Chrissy, Ellie, Amanda? No. Uh, well, let's do it. Uh, Zuri, before we get into the finale, yeah. what were your thoughts and feelings about the season itself, uh, specifically the show? Right. And then we'll talk about right. the outside of the show yeah. as well. There are two different things, right? I was excited for Matt. Obviously, having someone who was new to the franchise entirely made it interesting to watch in a new way. It's like, okay, this person hasn't been... I don't want to say tainted by bad, like they're not in the in the yeah. cycle. They're not in the world yet. So I'm curious to know how this guy is going to react because he's not used to this. So whatever I'm seeing on camera on screen is I'm going to assume just totally genuine. You know, there's no ulterior motive at play. Um, sometimes that translated as awkward, but in a way that was also very endearing. And so um, I enjoyed it. If anything, my biggest sort of takeaway from this season outside of the obvious and, and all of the controversy that swirls around it, um, attachment theory. Do you know about attachment theory? Yeah, we, we've yeah. talked, about, talked about We've it? had a few episodes yeah. talking about it. I, for whatever reason, all I could think about, particularly in moments of, of last night's episode, was avoidant dismissive behavior from Matt. And I say that with love as someone yeah. who is a recovering avoidant dismissive. So um, there were a couple moments there. I was like, man, I, I'm, I feel for him. I can see that he knows he knows he's not ready for this. And he's got some self-work to do in that area, probably, to get a little more comfortable with the idea of commitment. But then it's like, you got to 
give the guy a break because he got all the curveballs thrown at him. So at this point, just surviving the season was accomplishment enough. I I, I totally agree <laughs> with that. I've mentioned this before, and and, and it's a nice segue to reiterate. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always def- like I am defensive of of my bachelor and bachelorette peers yeah. just how challenging it is to to lead mm-hmm. that that franchise. And for so many reasons, Matt was asked to deal with more than anyone before him. So One, I mean, it's just being yeah. the first black bachelor, mm-hmm. there's a, a pressure I can't relate to, an expectation that comes from everyone watching the show, mm-hmm. and then you have to deal with the uh, the controversy, uh, what Rachel uh, did, what Chris Harrison said, and, and then the pressure of Matt to speak on that. Yeah. And then from a production standpoint, uh, just the 35 women he was forced to meet. Like, that's an insane amount. Forced a, to meet. What, what I, yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. my God. What a hard life. My no, poor Matt James I, and his 35 beautiful women. I don't, and it's no disrespect to the women. It doesn't even matter if they were the 35 most eligible yeah, one. Yeah. It's just like, how do you focus on anyone if yeah, you have to meet lot. 35 people? And so, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about this with Bree. Like, he spent more time just meeting people. Right. Like, how, right. Do, you, how do you do that? And I think in his position... You're just constantly like every day, Matt, it's like Matt was handed a grenade Mm -hmm. and asked to defuse it. Mm -hmm. And that's how Mm -hmm. it feels to be the bachelor sometimes. Okay, that's that's, obviously I can't understand that at all. And when you put it like that, it makes me all the more sure that I could never survive in this mansion. Um, But I do. Again, I have compassion for Matt. I really like him as a person. I'm just saying um, if we're talking about relationship dynamics and some of the the behavioral cues, like that's one thing that stood out to me because it resonated with me. Right. Like I see it and I relate to it. Um, But I like him and I know he had a, a tough task and more than one at the end and a lot of it he didn't sign up for um so i don't i don't envy him at all yeah he's 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 been through a lot but Mm -hmm. i i agree with you you're like i think last night i think the overwhelming response from like a lot of people including myself is like you know we thought this before maybe but this isn't a guy who's ready to maybe get engaged or right. settle down or right. be in a serious relationship anytime soon. Forget about the show. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, just if, if Matt stayed single for yeah. the next few years to, you know, figure out who, you know, he is or who he wants to be with, that wouldn't mm-hmm. surprise me. And, mm-hmm. and that's okay as well. But yeah. it really shined a light on just maybe how unready Matt is for yeah. a relationship, which, you know, given that he was a bachelor, there's some irony there but yes and and I defer to you on this one I'm curious to know your thoughts because of that because watching you know last night's final episode I was like he doesn't seem ready at all but he was so in he he's as in love as he can understand love to be at this point because mm-hmm. he's talked about the fact that he he doesn't think he's truly been in it before um, and yet still suddenly and this is before the controversy obviously blew up um, he has these cold feet and so that's the only thing that made me wonder like wait is he at all ready for a commitment was he ready when he signed up was he kind of like let's just see how this goes I'm genuinely asking that is yeah, not yeah. rhetorical I mean just to be candid I, th- I, I think why Matt was asked to be the bachelor whether he was ready for love or not was on the bottom of the list mm-hmm. of considerations, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And that's always the case to some degree. This is a TV show right. and, and they're going to uh, pick their lead based off a lot of factors. Yeah. I, I think they prefer their leads to be ready for love. Sometimes. <laughs> but if they're not. <laughs> so, and if they're not, they'll, they'll work with what they have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, Matt was 
named The Bachelor during a time where social justice was uh, talked about. It was um, they the franchise was under a lot of pressure for being more diverse. They got themselves in this position by having 24 seasons of The Bachelor before them and never casting a black lead. And yep. so I, I think they and then you have the pandemic, right? You have mm-hmm. they casted Matt for Claire's season. Uh, then the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. Then that got pushed right and Mm -hmm. and so it wasn't just that i think they ideally wanted matt to go on the on the bachelorette and right right the world just kind of blew up and that was a perfect storm or Mm -hmm. imperfect storm and Mm -hmm. so you know i think they had pegged matt right i was talking about this with brie off offline just kind of you know she have questions my guess is when they casted matt on clarice's and they had in their like this could be our our next lead right but well, I think the the show's not as planned out as people sometimes like to believe, mm-hmm. right? Because things can change. If they thought Michelle mm-hmm. was going to be as wonderful as we all have come yeah. to realize Michelle is, and now she's the, uh, one of the next what Bachelorettes, a, they would yeah. not have had her sit in a hotel for two weeks yep. for four episodes mm. while we yeah. watched a bunch unfold. Yeah. I think Mich- Michelle surprised the producers as much as anyone, right? Yeah. And yeah. so that's kind of my point is, but they had Matt pegged as a potential candidate, and then with the pandemic and all these things happening, mm. they named Matt the Bachelor, and I don't think there was a lot of discussions about what's your dating life, how yeah. ready are you, right. let's walk through right. it. They named him the Bachelor, then got to know their Bachelor, <laughs> and found out this is a guy who oh. has a kind of a, an avoidant <laughs> yeah, uh, tendency yeah, when it comes yeah. to relationships, so I guess let's have that be our main theme. Yeah, yeah, and I was going to say, I, I appreciate it, how that played out um, through the season, right, as someone who's like, wow, I feel like it's me with no hair in, like you know, like my mid-20s, maybe, yeah. before I got over it, um, and so I've actually appreciated him being open and candid about that, and I really respected the sit-down that he had with Chris Harrison towards the end and said, look... I don't know where I stand. I don't know how I feel right now. And, I, and I'm not going to move forward with a commitment that I can't fully invest in. And then the part with the ring where he's kind of, it was a little on the nose, but it yeah. tugged at my heartstrings. It really did. Because, you know, when he brought up his father and, you know, what the ring represents and how seriously he takes it, you've got to respect someone who can take it seriously enough to just not do it. Happy ending. Be damned. If he can't follow through. So I respected that. Yeah. And, and what about his mom? The conversation with his mom that obviously had the huge effect of unlike what it's like her basically telling him love doesn't last yeah. played out on the show, at least like it had the biggest turnaround of where he was to what he ended well, up being. Totally. And I guess going back to Zuri's point first, it's it is interesting. I don't know if how the show is evolving or if, if it's the show gets any credit or they're just going with what Matt's giving them. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's weird. This is the show about love. This yeah. is the show about getting engaged and all these things. But to your point, like love these days is, <laughs> is, is not what it used to be. And no. dating is not what it used to be. And we're learning about, you know, things like attachment theory mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, we very few of us come from these idealistic families and right. and upbringings and and we all families are kind of weird and we all have our bullshit and we're all dealing with it and things like fuck boys and ghosting <laughs> and all these things are out there and yeah. and that that's dating today yeah right yeah. and so uh, is it the new norm to not like I I kind of wonder if engagements uh, if, as long as the show keeps going yeah. and we'll you know. 
they, you know, there's always talks with all the controversy, but now we're having even another bachelorette season. Two, so we like, got double whammy, back to back. Is a, is engagement going to be as much of an expectation as it used to be? I don't think it will, and I'm glad about that. I mean, it doesn't take away that much from the story, from immersing yourself in, in these these women and these men in their lives. At the end of the day, so many of the engagements end without a wedding anyway. I don't know that any of us are really expecting that everyone who gets engaged follows through with the wedding, and I don't think it takes away from enjoying the show that much, yeah. you know? So I kind of appreciate that the pressure's off for that, I don't mind just watching and seeing who they choose. Honestly, suspending reality when I was watching Rachel and Matt's final moments, you know, you had the, oh, no, he's not going to propose moment. And then the, oh, wait, but they're still together. And so for like five very fleeting seconds, I was able to be like, you know, good for them. You know, they're still, oh, wait, never mind. Never mind. Stand down. Um, But I think that's something that could continue without really doing much harm to the franchise. I agree. All right. I think it's just the the show adjusting. Mm -hmm. Now, with that said, back to Chrissy's point um, it makes like that's what's interesting right is that here's Matt being realistic mm-hmm. his mom just saying I don't care what these producers <laughs> right. are telling you man like hey right. like you don't have to do this at yeah. the same time you couldn't help but listen to his mom you've heard the story mm-hmm. and wonder despite all the the level headedness that came from his mom mm-hmm. you know was it his mom projecting, you know, some of the things that she's had, her experiences, the hurt she's had to experience. And then how much, you know, our parents projecting things that happened to them onto us. Mm -hmm. And and we carry that weight with us. Yeah. Uh, How much did that play a role in his decision? Despite again, you know, you know, the juxtaposition of like, that's, that was a, his mom, what she said was very grounded, very Mm -hmm. realistic Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. all normal. Right. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. but, but was it also just about Matt or was it a projection? It, it was kind of a fascinating, yeah. you know. I think a little bit of both, right? I think what she said, whether it was projection or, or not, reaffirms the stories that he's been telling himself yeah. about himself and who he is and how he is when it comes to love for most of his adult life, probably. And obviously his parents shaped that mm-hmm. and um, her kind of being like, love's not enough. You can peace out if you want to. I don't really know if you're sure about this. Um, For someone who already is on the fence when it comes to commitment sometimes, that's all you need to deactivate, like 100%. So if you're already looking for a way out or you're, you're already starting to feel the walls closing in and maybe you could move forward with this commitment or maybe not, but someone gives you an out and it's someone you love so much and clearly are so protective over. Um, and clearly you don't want to repeat the past mistakes that you feel your parents or specifically your father made. Oh, that's all the deactivation strategy i need i'm out like i'd be out if, yeah. if i was in his situation because it was such a you know with matt it was him being new to this experience mm-hmm. you you kind of and i think every person who goes on the show it happens where there's this kind of conscious choice to just say you know what i want to let this bubble kind of consume me mm-hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna f- I'm going to just go for it, yeah. you know, and, and so you, want. you saw Matt just like, hey, I, I'm I'm looking for a wife. I'm looking yeah. for a fiance, whatever. Yeah, I'll go for it. Yeah. And, and and I believe there was an earnestness and sincerity on Matt's part mm-hmm. until 
you know, he's in this bubble. He's isolated. He's alone. He's all these people are new to him. He doesn't have any relationships with his producers prior to coming in. Right. Like someone before who mm-hmm. might have been on The Bachelorette. And then he meets his mom and his brother for the first time in mm-hmm. weeks. And his mom's just like, snap out of it. <laughs> right. This isn't real. Wait, so do you think, from your perspective, was that a good thing? Was it good to snap him out of this bubble? Because life wouldn't be happening for him and whoever he chose in that bubble. So is it better that he saved, or that, excuse me, that his mother saved two people It's the heartbreak? It's hard to say with Matt. Probiotic. Uh, your digestive health is a, a key to great health in general. And uh, sometimes when we try to eat healthy, it's not fun, right? Or we try to drink healthy, not sometimes fun. But huzzah is not one of those. No, they make uh, taking care of yourself fun and tasty with their probiotic seltzer. Cheers to those fizzy feel-good moments that make your whole day with Huzzah, a probiotic seltzer with benefits. Mmm, wow. Is that even possible? It sure is. Celebrate those rare chairs lived out moments. Uh, with Huzzah, a bold new probiotic seltzer with benefits. Huzzah contains added probiotics to support healthy digestion. Each flavor is non-perishable and stored at room temperature, but it is delicious and refreshing when served cold. I can back that up. My favorite flavor is the raspberry lemon. Mm, it's tangy. Ugh. It's It's got fruitiness mm, and citrus spark with zero sugar and just five calories. Strawberry hibiscus, also a nice go-to, you know, and they also have juicy pear. If uh, that's if the you're best one that. for me, really, I haven't had that one. You haven't? It's really, really, really mm. good, and refreshing. <laughs> They're healthy. They help you with your di- your gut health, your digestive health, and uh, people really take for granted their their gut health. But uh, now you can do it, and also just like have a refreshing drink all at the same time. What a win, win, win! Stock up. On Huzzah Probiotic Seltzer by using code VIALL for 20% off your order at drinkhuzzah.com. That's code VIALL for 20% off at uh, drinkhuzzah, H U Z Z A H.com. Anyway, Ship Station. Oh, baby. Hey, are you running a business out of your home? Are you trying to stay safe and inside, but all at the same time trying to get things done? Do you want to have efficient shipping with your business? Well, ShipStation is here to make all that happen. If you need to ship things, if uh, again, you have a small business like uh, we do at uh, Natural Habits, you can ship anything. Well, I don't know about anything, but you can ship anything. all anything. I don't know, like a aircraft carrier probably not um <laughs> but like most things you can you know you know not the world we're a shipping <laughs> business you know you got to streamline things if you want to ship things usps ups fedex uh easily compare carriers and choose the best solutions every time with ShipStation, small businesses can now access the same rates usually reserved for the fortune 500 companies without the contracts or commitments it's no wonder ShipStation has more five-star reviews than any other shipping software. I mean, that all sounds great, but like I said, NH Oils, Natural Habits, runs on ShipStation, so uh, need you more uh, of, a, uh, of a reference? I mean, we use it every day. Makes it super efficient, helps with customer service, gets you the information that you need to track your orders and get things on time, all while not paying an arm and a leg for shipping, which, by the way, if you're shipping your products, is a very expensive cost of doing business. So why don't we minimize those costs, get those margins up, cost down, boom. Just use my offer code V-I-A-L to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no hassle, stress-free shipping. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, type in V-I-A-L-L, that's ShipStation.com, enter code V-I-A-L-L, make ship happen. 
he he's clearly very close with his mother yeah right yeah. and his mom said in an interview she's like you know i forget the exact wording but she's like i'm gonna meet these women mm-hmm. and then i'm gonna let matt make his own decision mm-hmm. after i tell him my opinion mm-hmm. and then you know it was like mm-hmm. i'll let matt make his own decision after i tell him what i yeah. think but he's gonna know what I think but first. You know, like, and then he can decide after I share. Right. It's just like so. <laughs> is Matt gets to make his own show? Exactly. Like, not so really. He, you clearly his. You know, there's a love there between him and his mom, and everyone. You know, like it just yeah. depends. You know, when I was the bachelor, mm-hmm. uh, I was a little older than Matt, and my relation with my parents was different. I have a lot of siblings, mm-hmm. and so like I, I've. My my relationship with my parents became more of a friendship, yeah. you know, in my adult life. Yeah. So by the time I was a pet bachelor, I was like, yeah, I'm kind of I'm curious what you guys think, but but I'm, I'm not. making my own decision, <laughs> right? You know, right. like when I met my parents and introduced them to Vanessa and mm-hmm. and Raven, I wasn't looking f- to help them have them help me make a decision. Mm-hmm. It was like I hope you like these yeah. women, yeah, and I hope you like who I'm going to pick. However, I'm not really interested in your take, to be totally <laughs> yeah, honest, yeah. you know, because it was that was, you know, I and was that is a my, level of yeah. immaturity when it comes to not to imply that he's immature in some way. But that is at a certain point you grow out of, you know, needing parental approval for certain things. Yeah. And it seems like, well, I, I will say it's understandable that Matt hasn't had that yet, because if you've never really been in love with someone and really been like, I'm fighting for you regardless, world be damned. Mm-hmm. You haven't had that uncomfortable moment with a parent where it's like. Thank you for your opinion, but I'll be doing this anyway. And for Matt to already be on the fence about how he's feeling, I, I just don't think he was committed enough emotionally to either lady yeah. to say it's worth, you know, cutting the cord. Yeah, you really saw Matt struggle throughout the season of trying to kind of, you know, really get in the pocket, so to mm-hmm. speak, to really mm-hmm. it's almost like he was convincing himself. Yes. Oh, which is tough to watch though. Yeah. Because a part of you is like, you don't have to do this. You don't have to choose anyone if you don't want to. Which is why in the end, I'm, gl- I'm glad with how it played out. I am. I mean, obviously, after the final rose is kind of its own conversation. Um, but self-contained to that episode, I'm glad with how it played out because I feel like he was true to his convictions. I think yeah. his mom certainly moved the needle, but I think deep down he wasn't ready. Uh, period. I, w- I would agree, yeah. you yeah. know, uh, that... And I don't know Matt that well, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think his mom almost kind of gave him permission mm-hmm. to kind of question the bubble that he was in. Yeah. And if Matt thought he was really ready for an engagement, he probably would have anyways. Yeah. But in that world, you're just like, that's that's what and like, it's not like all of a sudden, you know, people are on The Bachelor are being more realistic. Yeah. It's just times have changed. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I have I've spoken this before. There was a time when The Bachelor, if he didn't get engaged or pick a, a woman, he was crucified by mm-hmm. Bachelor Nation as being ungrateful. And how could you say no to all these amazing women? So it right. was like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not doing that. Yeah. You know, like I am picking somebody, be damned <laughs> right, of right. like, you know, we'll Come figure it out. Go get this ring, girl. Go get yeah. this ring. <laughs> um, and so I'm, I'm glad that, you know, not only the, like just our, the fans are, are thinking this is nuts. Like it's yeah. okay. Yes. Let's date. That right, makes sense. And, right. um, and that way, uh, Matt, you know, Matt and Rachel are not together. And like, yeah, I can say this personally. It's like, 
you know, my relationship with Vanessa was very real, mm -hmm. but I don't really think of her in my heart as my ex-fiance. Mm. That wouldn't surprise Ooh. me, though, honestly, um, in, in relation to the to the production. But but why specifically for you is that the case? Do you feel like post engagement? It didn't feel en engagey enough, for well, lack of a better phrase. I, I, I'd, be, I'd be curious what my peers have thought. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, having had some sort of conversation with them, that you know, I, you know, Vanessa and I had this conversation f early on that, like, we got engaged for the show. Mm -hmm. Even mm -hmm. Vanessa had these like, her and I had conversations. She's like, you know, I said this to Andy when I was, I was like, hey, I really like you. Yeah. But like, if you don't want to get engaged, <laughs> I'm cool with that, you know? And at the time she was like, I don't want to be the first bachelorette to not be mm. asked to get engaged. I was like, oh, fuck it. Okay, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so afterwards, it's like, you know, Vanessa and I had this like, I love you. I, You know, the feelings there are genuine, real, mm -hmm. but we don't know each other. Mm -hmm. And if this works out, I picture myself reproposing, mm -hmm. you know, and I know, mm -hmm. I think like Jordan Rogers has said and that Jojo about Jojo. Did, yeah. Um, because like, yeah, it's, yeah. you want to totally like, there's a that. show element and it's like, if in a year I'm like, you know what, let's, because it's always like, it's every time someone gets engaged, mm -hmm. they do the press tour and it's always like, have you planned a date? <laughs> I, I know you, I, I, like, I don't know this that, man's middle name. But, I am the press. I am yeah. press. No, I one's, <laughs> no one's ever in the history of the I show. No one's ever this. been like, actually, yeah, December 12th. Yeah. It, <laughs> invites in the mail, baby. Right, Everyone's like, right. you know, not really. <laughs> you know, we'll see. We're taking it one day at a time. You know, two years later, still getting yeah, home. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And um, so that's why I don't. And again, that's not a criticism to Vanessa. I don't. Mm -hmm. I think I'm assuming she feels the exact same way about mm -hmm. me. But you know, maybe that silly. I mean, no. I hate to say this for Neil Lane because who knows? Maybe there won't be like a Neil Lane moment going mm -hmm. forward because maybe mm -hmm. engagements won't be is important to the yeah. show's success as before. Yeah. Um, well, that's okay because now he could be a therapist. What? Neil? That's okay because now he's a love therapist. <laughs> Dr. Lane. Neil's the greatest. He's, I, I always enjoyed my time with Neil. He's a, he's now a, he's got these like extended like beats where he's like, tell me, tell me about your love. Let's Does she think you're going to engage? <laughs> tell me everything. I'm well, my Lane. guess is that whole conversation was like, hey, Matt, um, I know you don't want to get engaged, but we have a contract with Neil. So we could just. <laughs> what I'm going to need you to do is so just take the pear shape. Carrots. Yeah. Just use the pear shape. Right. Just take it. Um, <laughs> Tough style, the pear shape. Uh, let's uh, let's break down the episode a little bit before we, mm -hmm. we get in the AFR. I mean, um, you know what can we, what more can we say about Michelle other than she really Ugh. is America's sweetheart? Yes, I mean magic. every time she yeah. really is on the screen, you're just like, God, you're endearing. Gosh, she's, she's the beautiful. Sandra Bullock of Bachelor Nation. <laughs> really? Boom. Yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> I like the title. Yeah, she was just so open and emotional in a very genuine way. She's stunning and just so smart. And I'm just like, God, you just want her to win. You just really root for her. And I was surprised. Wait, are, we're not doing AFR that yet, though, right? 
you I'm know, trying to stay Missouri, contained. It's, it's fine. Whatever. Is it? If you have you're like, you already you... messed up the start of my podcast. <laughs> no, Do whatever you want at this what point. I, it's, uh, we bounce around a lot. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay, totally cool. Fine. I'm a Gemini, so there's going to be a lot of all over the place. Um, <laughs> in the AFR uh, episode, I was surprised when she said that she just asked for a couple of minutes uh, to speak with Matt for closure and that he denied that request. <sighs> yeah. I, that, that was news, man. That was news. And... <laughs> So when Matt said that, my, when when Rachel, I'm sorry, when Michelle said that, my first reaction was, "Did that really happen?" Mm-hmm. Right? And what I mean by that really happened, I, I wondered if, for, I, I had, I, I believed Michelle's mm-hmm. point of view, mm-hmm. but it's entirely possible. And I love my producer friends. It's entirely possible she asked the producers, "Can I talk to Matt?" Mm-hmm. And and they told her. Uh, Matt doesn't want to, sp- and, and maybe mm. maybe they didn't present it to the Matt. Now mm-hmm. I'm convinced they did because he apologized. Though. He apologized. They aired that. That wasn't live. I can't mm. imagine the show would put themselves right. on blast if it was not true. Yeah. So, yeah. but it, in that world, those things, you know, because yeah, it was it such a happen. like, yeah. damn, you said no, right, right? Because I've been in Matt's position, and yeah. I, I that didn't. I was surprised. I I feel like I would have been like, yeah, sure. I feel like a total, like. I'm not going to lie. It felt a little off brand for the Matt we know and love. That's nicely (laughs) put. Because Matt has been so this considerate and gracious and like. I'm going to just let you, thank you for sharing. Yeah, you know, yeah exactly. Like, thank, <laughs> just you know, hit me with a thank you for sharing. sharing so share. like, I want you to share. So right, just keep right, sharing. Right. And, and he didn't want Michelle to share anymore. Yeah, yeah. It, it made me wonder, I have no idea, um, this is purely speculative, but if it was one of those things where he just needed to compartmentalize and that was already difficult and he didn't want to go back there because he had to focus on this Rachel thing, or if, yeah, I guess that's really it. I mean, I, <laughs> no, I, I, hear I don't you. think there's an or. Couple reasons why you should get fixed. What we have essential workers uh, that uh, have always been essential, and specifically our healthcare workers fighting the good fight, uh, especially when it comes to COVID. But even when uh, we're not dealing with a world pandemic, our uh, our healthcare workers are uh, great people. And we want them to look good and look fashionable and be stylish. So let's up be comfortable. Their, be comfortable. Let's up their game with some stylish figs. Just so you know, I'm currently dating a, a lovely woman who's in uh, healthcare as well and she uh, is a, a, a good Samaritan and uh, she wears figs. She steals my figs. She loves the figs. She's also a fashion icon. I like to think of her that way and she vouch- she vouches for figs. I got her figs and she was like, you're the best boyfriend of all time. Also, we like to role play and I like to dress up and play doctor and and that makes it fun. This too, is an overshare. With it's figs. overshare. So if you want to role play, also look like a smart person at the grocery store, get your figs now or just support the healthcare workers in your life. Figs has brought scrubs to the twenty first century by creating scrubs with a focus on design, function, and comfort. They got some technical shit, right? It's awesome. It wicks away moisture, it's anti wrinkle, it's ridiculously soft. Odor control. Plus it's got pockets, and pockets are great. Twenty four essentials. <laughs> So if you are one of those awesome humans who works in a healthcare fix, wants you to wear the scrubs, you deserve and enjoy 15% off your first order. And if you're not working on the front lines, thank someone who uh, is with the best scrubs in the world. Figs will give you 15% off too. Use code VIALL15. That's VIALL15 at checkout. Head to wearfigs.com. That's W-E-A-R-F-I-G-S.com and enter my code VIALL15 at checkout. Get ready to love your scrubs. 
I get why Matt was, I, I joke, I still have neck problems from the stress I endured from the final two weeks of being the bachelor. It's, an, a, miser- really? it's a miserable time, Ugh. so I don't doubt that Matt was just an emotional, yeah. physical mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, it's <laughs> but like, still, wow, you said... Two minutes, bro? <laughs> no, I'm good. It hurts, I'm, it I, hurts. I, yeah. That was, and uh, yeah. yeah, I... It, we didn't get much of an answer for mm-hmm. Matt other than, mm-hmm. and I guess maybe sometimes what can you say other than you're right? I'm sorry. I'm wrong. Yeah. I was sorry. It's hard for Matt to, you know, he couldn't go on AFR and be like, you don't know what it's like to be the bachelor. <laughs> and I was so stressed out because no one right. has sympathy for right. you in that moment. Right. Um, and maybe it wasn't a valid excuse because I think mm-hmm. we're all like, I mean, couldn't you just have just talked to her? Yeah. Like, just, yeah. Maybe he felt like um, because he did say in his apology during AFR, you know, if I'd known that you were this um, upset about it or, you know, going through what I now realize you were going through, I would have taken it in a minute. So maybe he felt like we've had the conversation. It was awkward. It hurt. But let's rip the bandaid off. I'm trying to see a world in which he's doing it because he thinks it's for the best. You know, you break up with someone off camera in, in everyday life. You have the speech. It is what it is. People say what they need to say or so you assume. Once you walk out of there, if I'm trying to walk out of there and into my future, whatever that is, I don't know if I really want to revisit the combo. And if he didn't realize that she was so emotional and so hurt after. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I hear know. you. But in real life, we tend to at least mm-hmm. in our in and granted, like it's hard to compare like for Michelle in that mm-hmm. world. I know it felt in that moment, probably like a guy she'd been dating for a couple of years kind yeah. of thing, right? Yeah. The, the intensity of it. Right, right. Her and usually in those real life relationships, there is a couple like breakup conversations. Oh, no doubt. Because right? listen, I have had a, a few Michelle moments in yeah. my life where I'm like, hold on, I just need you to run that back real yeah. quick. We need to break this down. I need you to... <laughs> Just I need you to sit there and yeah, listen to me yeah. say it all Just over let me again get it because out. I need to get it out. Yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. the hardest part about that show is that when those relationships end, that's it. You're just like. It's over. Wow. And Michelle's just like, wait, huh? I just gave you a fucking gift. Right? <laughs> Matching jerseys. And now you're leaving like, the jerseys uh, in my room uh, as you walk away and I have to stare at them. Oh, yeah, keep it all brutal. For, for, let's, let's walk through the day from Michelle's point of view. Day starts out. She just met Matt's parents. Yeah. Matt mom's cries because of this beautiful conversation. And when you make a mom cry, you're thinking. You're in there. I'm, you're in Mrs. James I'm reporting good. for duty. I am good. I made her cry. You know, I mean, mom's. I I made Andy's mom cry. I thought I was like, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm game. This is it. <laughs> I'm, is it? Let's, done. And oh, then she man. goes, she goes, you know, what do you call it? Spadunking off of, of a wall. I don't know. What, what is, what is she? Repelling. I don't Not know. Spadunking, Whatever. sir. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, repelling and, and Matt's asked for Matt, Matt, Matt is asking for kisses. Yeah. yeah. Everything's fine. It was great. Everything's I loved it. Good. I Matt's, did. you know, it didn't seem like there wasn't any of those like Matt's being weird. I don't know why mm-hmm. moments. She goes in the night. She's got two gifts for Matt. One's a Jersey for her. Mm-hmm. She has all these like teammate and we team name. Yeah. And, it was like a, a speech before the big so, game. Like you got so good. And what yeah. sucks is it's like, you know, and that's 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 what sucks about this show is it's unrealistic, it's bizarre, it's fast paced, and the playbook on the show has always been 
You know, it's it's how the bachelor or the bachelorette gets out of these awkward conversations. And it's kind of bullshit because it doesn't happen in real life. Like we they pretend is like, well, now I realize because you said you love me or because you gave me a gift yeah. or or that you were so open hearing that. Now, I now realize yeah. we can't be together. And I just <laughs> it's tough. When does That's that so ever tough. happen yeah. where all of a sudden a light goes off? And right. You hear, it's like if I were to go home and, and now they'd be like, hey, you know, just just so you know, like, I love you and you're the greatest. <laughs> and I'm like hearing that. Yeah. I, I hate you. Yeah, like, I'm out. <laughs> I, get I mean, go. I guess it has happened in the past, mm -hmm, but not mm -hmm. to the degree it seems to happen for everyone yeah. who's ever been the Bachelor or the Bachelorette. Yeah. And that's kind of the out that yeah. you get. And it's so fucked up in reality. And, and especially for someone in Michelle, Michelle's position, it's such a like a punch in the face. Yeah. Literally. I mean, it quite literally feels like that. No, figuratively, literally, it's not. I get, I know the difference. Figuratively, <laughs> it feels like a punch in the face. And to M Michelle's point, she's like, she probably didn't even like it probably felt to her like what just happened. Yeah. You could see it is on it her the, face. Is it the guilt? Guilt for what? For like as the bachelor, is there a guilt there that you're like this person I know I don't want? Of course there's a guilt. Like, and I am like going to tear them apart. Of course so, there's a guilt. You feel yeah. sick. I mean, mm -hmm. that's where the stress comes from. Like you So when they're like I love you, you're like go I, do I, the mm -hmm. guilt is too like, much save yourself i don't know the answer yeah. i can't confirm this from anyone and certainly matt but i would bet a large sum of money that matt knew that whole day he was going to break yeah. up with michelle but, i would agree you know i would agree uh, he didn't just get a jersey and be like now i know mm -hmm. you know and so mm -hmm. he you know was playing the role of, that's the the really hard mm. part of and that's not fun and and you're you're really torn up because you have the pressure and this is the show and there's these rules and you're trying to be you know a, a good employee literally yeah. and you're also trying you're trying to be as nice as possible and you're trying to like uh, you know and there is something like and there's also some truth to the fact that well it hurts in the moment i i go back to when when caitlin broke up with me so mad so mad i wanted to push her in the pool i was oh, no. so mad i was just like how could you do this you knew how like you 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 fucking knew like i asked you not to do this but if it weren't for her allowing me to do that say what i it was Get my it best yeah. moment i had i not, no, i'm not sitting here today if caitlin doesn't allow me to like be my vulnerable mm -hmm. self and let America sympathize with me. Mm -hmm. And all we do is love Michelle more. Yeah. For And, and that, I, I don't know if people like want to accept that. That is a reality. Mm -hmm. And so that is something that those are conversations you have as a lead. And mm -hmm. it's a hard to accept it in the, in the moment. But you kind of take one for the team. Yeah. And, 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 and Matt is going to get criticized. And, 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 and Caitlin got criticized. That's mm -hmm. the hard part. I don't think people realize is that like you do that and you, and you, you know, you're hurting them in the, in the short term, yeah. you know, you're hurting them, but it is true that there is a payoff mm -hmm. for some, sometimes. Um, and it's, it's, it's just such a fucked up yeah hard it thing to, it, and it's really, it's a real challence. It's a I hope fun. no one's crucifying Matt for that though. At the end of the day, 
in, someone has to go home, yes. right? Someone's heart will be broken. If the theory is, you know, we're both in love with you and he only picks one. I don't, there, there's no space that's reasonable to me where he is crucified. I mean, it should, maybe you should have picked her and not Rachel. And again, this is purely in the context of the finale, yeah. not everything going on outside. But I mean, he's a good guy. He seems sweet enough. He seems like he's trying to make the best out of a very difficult situation. I feel super bad for Michelle, but also super excited now because you're right. The payoff is hello to our next <laughs> bachelorette. Yeah. And she so deserves it. I'm happy for her. Uh, totally. And so that is just the really tough part of that situation and just yeah. kind of just trying to shed some light on the mindset of, of where Matt is. But right. I totally empathize with Michelle in that moment and why why she feels so blindsided, why she wanted to go to Matt. And I love that she said, I wasn't trying to change your mind, mm -hmm. right? I accepted your decision. I yeah. just wanted to like, I actually, you, you could tell from Michelle, she's like, I actually wanted to have the breakup conversation yeah. that I didn't feel like I had because I truly didn't know what the hell was going on right, in that moment. Right. You know, I was like, Honestly, the more I think about it now, damn, that was kind of fucked up because this whole day, I'm just thinking about how the day went, right? And if there had been warning signs, maybe the repelling wasn't quite the heart to heart that it kind of felt like it was. So truly in the moment where he was like, yeah, I can't do this. That felt like the first moment that she was getting, I can't do this energy. And two minutes later, he was gone. So when I put myself in that, in that situation and in her shoes, that is a gut punch. Yeah. Oh no, man, I, that's, I, I yeah. No doubt in my mind that Michelle got back to her hotel hotel room and was didn't know what yeah. happened. Yeah. And, and didn't you're just feel sitting like with that. and yeah. and and when you're blindsided by anything, whatever you said, you're just like that's not how I felt. That's not what mm -hmm. I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. You start you start your blood pressure goes down, you start calming down, and then you start thinking about what you would have said mm -hmm. had you like been in the right headspace right. and i think that's I, I mean i don't know for certain but my guess is i mean very very confidently that's why michelle wanted that time just yeah. to just get it off her chest just to express yeah. so that she could move on right and right. um and i yeah i wish mich you know i wish michelle would have would have gotten that, that and right. you know usually that stuff doesn't happen off camera though mm -hmm. you know so mm -hmm. It had Michelle gotten that, it would have been filmed. I don't know whether yeah. we would have seen it or not. And yeah. and maybe Matt, that's why Matt didn't feel like Michelle was going to get that authentic moment anyways. Oh, I don't know. It. Okay. That's just okay. A, a guess. Yeah. Yeah. But, I deferred to you, former bachelor, on this one because yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know what hurts more. But I, I do I do feel for, for them. Mm. Um, but Matt, before we get into AFR, you know, right? It's always like, when when Chris comes to Rachel's door, uh, what a what a mind fuck for for Rachel because she has no idea Matt, Michelle's not there. Mm -hmm. Chris comes up, he's literally leaning on the door, <laughs> as a, one does. It's a really weird pose. It's like, <laughs> hey, super Rachel, cash here. hey, I, th I feel like he noticed it too because he like quickly like moves <laughs> down. Like, this is it. It's yeah. like, wait, what am I? Yeah, what, what am, am I, I doing? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sometimes you go in with an idea about how something's going to translate physically. And then yeah. You're like, Never mind. Hey, you're really relaxed here, bro. Like, <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> uh, and Chris tells Rachel that Matt doesn't want to go a date with her. If you're Rachel, you're like, I'm going home. Mm -hmm. He's in love with Michelle. Yeah. It, I thought, I, it was a particularly weird ending to, I mean, for so many reasons, but this just looking at the episode. Yeah. No final date. 
Now, so they're all right, Mich- uh, Rachel. Matt wants to see you now. By the way, put this gown on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was very sudden. I mean, by then I was like, cool. So no one's getting engaged. There, there will be no proposal. Matt is going to gently let her down in the engagement department, and then they'll be in a relationship. Yeah, you could really see Rachel's brain working, mm-hmm. where she's like, uh, "Did I win?" <laughs> What's I, happening? Or, what? I don't <laughs> get the ring. What? No. I don't, like, did, Where's what? Michelle? <laughs> Has anyone talked to Michelle? <laughs> she, she. It was so unclear. Yeah. And you could tell she's like, I don't. I don't know. Like, and then finally, oh, he's like, "Yeah, I want to keep like, hanging let's out. Keep doing this." Yeah, she's like, "Okay." <laughs> it was a very bizarre ending, yes, was, yeah. to say the least. Uh, so that was that was super weird. Oh, um, but let let's get into AFR, mm-hmm. uh, which it was overall a tough watch for yeah. many reasons. Mm-hmm. One, you know, because there was. I mean, what's new is there's no, you know, with the pandemic, there's no studio audience. Right. Which, which just changes I don't think the people energy. appreciate just how it was already going to be an uncomfortable conversation, a tough watch, given the context of the conversation. Yeah. But when you don't have a studio audience. No one to was, cut away there to. There was an eeriness, a, mm-hmm. a very, you know, they, and it made sense why they added like a soundtrack at moment in moments, but even that made it feel really I didn't love that, but I, I get why they did that because mm-hmm. the the soundtrack added a level of inth- um, it, it not being authentic because mm-hmm. it just reminded you of the TV show that you knew was right, edited. Right, right. That's just yeah. Know. No, I I would agree. I think but um, I get it. You know, otherwise it's just quiet. Needed something. You otherwise, something. it's just so quiet. It's still TV at the end of the day, yeah. and just watching two to three people talk in otherwise dead silence for as long as the episode went. I just think from a production standpoint, probably wasn't ideal. But yeah, not having an audience definitely made it harder to watch. So, I mean, what were your thoughts? I mean, what I guess I want to start by what were your thoughts going into the AFR and mm-hmm. what were your expectations uh, as a woman of color? Yeah. Did you look at it in a different lens? Like, what did you have expectations going in? And then what were your thoughts about the episode itself? I didn't have any expectations, but I certainly had hopes of what would happen. Um, I'll be honest. One of those hopes um, was maybe I even slightly expected it. I thought maybe it would happen, but that Chris would pop up, right? That there might be an uncomfortable conversation with a black man, Mm -hmm. you know, pun intended, and Emmanuel and Chris would sit down maybe at the end of the episode or, or somewhere and just kind of navigate, begin a public conversation about a controversy that in, in Chris's situation started publicly. Um, I just felt like that would be a really great opportunity to kind of build on the GMA interview, you know, where he went on and apologized and kind of talk about it. What What's the work we're doing here? What am I learning? What are these epiphanies? Um, so I just thought that would have been nice to see. And I thought that maybe they would have done yeah. that <laughs> so i was surprised honestly when i didn't see him at all i agree uh-huh. i i asked a couple producers like did you guys ever think about that mm-hmm. because it seems like to your point kind of obvious yeah right yeah emmanuel his whole brand having uncomfortable mm-hmm. conversations uh here is chris who's you know made this mistake yeah. he you know um he has apologized but has talked about the work and right. you know in these situations and rightfully so a lot of people want to say okay you apologized mm-hmm. you're learning what have you learned right. like we want to hear it and right. we want to hear it in a conversation you know there are a lot of 
know, the GMA interview, mm-hmm. it was what it was. I think I'm, I'm surprised, you know, even like publicists, like uh, these short form interviews that are mm-hmm. highly edited and cut mm-hmm. up is, 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 is that the way to yeah. get your message across anymore? It, it, I think a lot of people thought the interview fell very flat. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. And I, I looked at it. It's just like, I mean, what, what, what could Chris have said for us to be like, you know what? We believe him. We're, we forgive him. Moving we're, we're, on. Yeah. I, I just don't know if he could have in that. No, God, no. You know? And so no. to your point, it would have, I would have loved to see mm-hmm. him sit down with Emmanuel mm-hmm. and, and have Emmanuel ask him some very pointed questions that he mm-hmm. asked Rachel, yeah. uh, that he had asked Matt and, and see what Chris had to say. Right. And, and right. ultimately, I don't know if that was presented to Chris mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, now, whether that's AFR or maybe we see it in a different platform, maybe it's on Emmanuel's show, but mm-hmm. I, you would think yeah. that yeah. would be the move for Chris. Right, right. And you know, while I would love if he maybe sat down on a manual show, it it just kind of is a bummer because it's a part of this conversation, right? It's a part of Bachelor Nation and the the Bachelor audience. And so I would have loved for um, the franchise to bring that conversation to the audience to um, hear that and understand that as opposed to the reverse where Chris goes on a manual show and maybe has, you know, a sit down on his YouTube series. I think that would be great. I definitely think now he should do it. Um, But then it's, it's a, it's almost like the uh, the the heavy lifting, the conversation, the self work is being outsourced to Emmanuel's platform. Yeah, we've done what we are gonna do in the franchise when it comes to this. If y'all want to do deeper, <laughs> you know, work, go talk about it over there. I'm just saying optically, that's what it might be. I, like I am not implying that that's you know. I, no, I feel. agree. I mean, it's it's. It was know, an opportunity. I, it seems like a missed it. opportunity, and because there. Are, there are still a lot of conversations and more debates. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately the, the Chris Harrison situation is, I guess we can, oh, that's a, what we call it is it's created an even greater divide. Mm-hmm. It, it feels political. Mm-hmm. It, it, and um, to your point, it, that Chris coming out and having this conversation with Emmanuel could have been a, almost a, a healing opportunity yeah, yeah. And, and Chris reinforcing to his supporters, you can support me without uh, feeling like you're against anyone exactly. else, yeah. you know, especially like Rachel, mm-hmm. Rachel Lindsay. And I think that's a, a really important message that needs to be reinforced over and over because, you know, I've, I see it on the internet. I see it yeah. in my DMS um, yeah. that it doesn't seem to be getting through to people. Right. And I think it's because, you know, yeah, we're not bringing these mm-hmm. parties together as mm-hmm. much. And so I, I, I agree. I, I wish, I, th- I think that was a big missed opportunity. Yeah, same, same, same. Uh, getting into what we did see yeah. at AFR. Um, how did, well, how did you feel like Emmanuel did? Um, I thought Emmanuel did well. Um, I mean, it's it, there are big shoes to fill, right? And the entire nation is watching and the entire nation has an opinion. And um, it's a very polarizing time, you know, for, for a show that traditionally had not been particularly polarizing. So for him to step into these shoes and some people think that he shouldn't be there because Chris should still be there, mm-hmm. right? And then other people are just curious to see how this guy is going to go. And also he's new to the franchise in this sense. He's not a familiar face to Bachelor Nation. It's just an intimidating job. So I think he did uh, the best he could with what he had to work with. I do um, 
I wish the conversations had gone a little deeper. And I know that Emmanuel has the the capacity and the depth for that. We've seen those conversations in his series. Um, I don't know if that was a production thing. A we've only got this much time thing. Yeah. A We might need these questions to be a little more softball because like how deep are we really going to dive right now? Um, I don't know. Yeah. So I would have loved for the conversation to have gone a little deeper, uh, particularly with Emmanuel and Rachel. Um, when he asked her, you know, you know, people are going to ask, are you doing the work? Have you grown? What's, what's happening here? And then her response was, you know, I could say that I'm reading these books and doing da, 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 but I've just got to do the work. I was like, no, wait, wait, wait. Just literally say that. Like, yeah. please, tell me. The, I would love to hear a what book title. Books, like, yeah. what is a podcast? What are we talking about here? So that part, like I was I was trying to rock with her, really. Like, I am I'm not a fan of cancel culture. I believe that when people make mistakes, if they can own them and learn from them um that forgiveness is is possible and, and should be encouraged in most situations and this is one of those if it really felt like she was doing the work i felt like in that answer i started to become um more cynical and and start to wonder if anything was actually happening behind the scenes and i don't want to imply i do not know what she is or isn't doing she may feel that she's just not ready to speak publicly about it because it's a lot to process and it's a lot to fully understand but it did feel a little bit like a band-aid her answer felt like i could say all of that stuff but i just need to do it i would have appreciated hearing what she's in the middle of learning how to do I'm not looking for, um, you know, her to be able to write a dissertation on, you know, the old South and all of its implications and, you know, what happened before 1865 and after. Um, it's more about the black experience, right? Mm -hmm. The fact that she didn't understand why it caused that much hurt or how deep um, th those roots are. The fact that she is in love with a black man who clearly was very hurt up on that stage, um, even still, you know, the fact that he wouldn't even embrace her at the end when Emmanuel kind of suggested or prompted one final hug goodbye um, shows that he was hurt. And Rachel acknowledged that. She said, you know, as I sat with this, I realized just how bad it had to be because of how much it hurt you. So there's learning in that, right? Like, and, and I'm in an interracial relationship. Like these are conversations that are had in different capacities in different ways. But sometimes you only understand once you see the pain it inflicts. Um, and so I will never I wouldn't knock her for that because when you know better, you can do better. But until you know better, you can't. Yeah. And so um, I can extend grace in that situation. Um, she didn't know until she knew. I think it's more about, OK, if you if you take dating this black man seriously, if you take being in this interracial relationship in America seriously, um, you might want to start doing some heavy lifting and reading those books. Yeah. Not about, you know, the antebellum South, about being black in America. Watch the documentaries, you know, learn about mass incarceration and, and what it does to black men and black families and you know die i won't get into the specifics of matt and his parents but um there's work to be done around understanding the black experience yeah. so that you can um, move into new new interactions and new experiences with more compassion um and understanding and so it's less about the photo and like beating a dead horse and more about what work are you doing so that moving forward you don't find yourself in in different situations like that because you're you're really starting to empathize and and have compassion for someone whose whose experience and upbringing and history is so unlike yours. Yeah, totally. And I mean that's things 
that even in the past year, uh, you know, people have asked me like, what do you, what have you learned? Mm-hmm. Right. Cause even I'll be like, Hey, I'm just, I'm just trying to learn. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And one, I think more than anything, what I've learned is how much racism still exists in our country more than I think most people wanted to acknowledge mm-hmm. and admit. I think, mm-hmm. you know, growing up in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. you're just like, and you watch movies like the help or, yeah. or a time to kill or higher learning. You're like, you know what? That stuff doesn't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, how mm-hmm. could it? And mm-hmm. then you're just like, yeah, it doesn't happen, you know? Yeah. And, and we watch the news and we go on the internet and, and, and with the times that we're in, you're just like, and, and kind of to the point where it didn't just start happening again. I mean, racism, right. I think, is on the rise for a lot of reasons, but mm-hmm. it's also been going on. And I think that's something that a lot of white people and people like myself who grew up in kind of these isolated communities just kind of, I don't know, conveniently ignored or, mm-hmm. or didn't pay mm-hmm. attention to. And I think that's eye opening. And, yeah. and, and, you know, you watch, like you talk the 13th on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I watched that this summer and completely changed. You, th- yeah. you sit there and think about what I thought as a young man growing up and as a mm-hmm. teenager and why, uh, you know, black men were in jail, you know, because mm-hmm. you grow, you're just like, oh, well, you, when what'd you're you younger, do? Yeah, hey, what'd you, you do? Well, yeah. if you're in jail, yeah. you must have deserved mm-hmm. it. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not in jail. Yeah, exactly. I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. And, and, and you watch that and you're just like, you feel a lot of guilt. You yeah. feel shame. You feel defensive and, and it's very eye opening. Yeah. And yeah. I think those are the things that I think as a society, we're, we're still. Right grappling with we certainly are like i'm from ohio and i you know i went to an all-white school really i was the only black girl for the last i think about five or six years of that experience from seventh grade through 12th grade and you know i have black friends i have white friends obviously i'm black and grew up in an all-black family so i grew up sort of bouncing between two worlds culturally and i very much was a black young woman in an all-white space a lot of times and a lot of times it was just pure ignorance. And I I say that to say a lot of my white friends just didn't know better until there was a me in their life yeah. for them to realize, oh, wait, you, you've gone through what? Your parents did what? Your your mom, uh, when she was born, they literally kicked your grandmother out of the hospital as soon as your mom was born and sent her across the street to a drafty um, room because she wasn't supposed to be born at the white hospital. But she came a little. My mom is like 60 something. That is not that long ago. But until you hear your black friends or your black acquaintances or black colleagues telling their stories and assuming you're open to listening, you don't really realize because it hasn't been your experience. And it's okay that it wasn't your experience. We wish it that we could say the same, you know, it's just about extending grace and having compassion when you understand it. And it's about asking questions and having those tough conversations and 2020, particularly as difficult as it was to be black period. But last year, um, I was encouraged by a lot of the conversations that I was having with, you know, my white friends, uh, people from school having conversations with me and not being like, teach me everything. Tell me what to do, because that's the last thing that yeah. a black person was to do. Y'all, we're tired. We're yeah. tired. I don't want, I don't have the, like, the really? energy, but, right? Yeah. Like, oh my God, Google it. I don't know. Just, I'm tired. But when they would come to me and be like, you know what, I read this book or I saw When They See Us, I couldn't believe that when I was watching those kids' stories play out, you know, um, and now the Exonerated Five and what that was, like it blew my mind that that could even happen. No one told them about it. And our history books don't reflect um, 
accurately the black experience. And so where would you learn this stuff if you've only ever grown up about around the white people who you've only ever grown up around? So people are starting to understand and that's encouraging. And I hope the conversations continue. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a difficult time, but it's a necessary time for all of us. Yeah. And to your point about which I thought is is a good one and really important to note, you know, I think sometimes white people are like, oh, my God, I don't want to get it wrong or I want to speak out. But I'm afraid that when I speak out because cancel culture is real, yeah. if I speak out the wrong way, it'll it'll do the reverse. And, you know, there's a quote that I'll butcher because I always butcher quotes that I attempt to say. Um, but essentially, you know, speak even if your voice shakes right like even if you're scared oh, even if yeah. you're unsure speak right and last summer particularly at peak black lives matter and all of the social unrest um what broke my heart more than anything was just certain people staying silent like i don't care what you say try to find some words in this moment um and that's just the start i'm not saying that that's enough but that's the start and so i would just encourage people on both sides of the line black white whatever to just extend grace to one another because if we all feel like we can't have a conversation and and disagree um, and, and find common ground, we're not going to get anywhere. And it really scares me how polarizing the world is now and how it's like the loudest people get the most attention. Yes. And I feel like there's such a spectrum and you have extremes on both sides. And those are the people who are the loudest. So that's what we hear. And that's what we assume is a reflection of our nation and the general sentiment. And it's just, it's not true. It's not true, at least for me, when I talk to people um, on the ground, black, white, you know, um, and other other races and ethnicities um, who are, you know, experiencing this. But the, the loudest are the ones who, who get the play. And very yeah. often it, it makes it feel like a very polarizing situation where I feel like a lot of people do want to understand. They just want to be able to have those conversations. I, 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 safe space. I totally agree. And I, I think the one thing that worries me sometimes is call, talk about cancel culture. Mm -hmm. People the canceling of conversations, mm -hmm. you know, where you're right. I, I think sometimes these conversations are happening not in public and that's good because yeah. we shouldn't always right. put it on Everything the internet. Does not doesn't have, have to, to be for always, public consumption. And, and we have to just have uh, these conversations in spaces where we feel safe, where we can mm -hmm. say, Hey, listen, I, I want to ask why. Right. And I, I'm really afraid I'm going to sound ignorant, mm -hmm. ignorant by just not knowing, mm -hmm. uh, but I, I want to understand because I, you know, mm -hmm. I don't want to just be ignorant yeah. and, and that can be scary sometimes, but some on the, on a public platform, you know, I do, I hope these conversations can happen yeah. because, you know, when people have these platforms, it's, it seems to be like, to your point, only the extremes are, are willing to go out there yeah. and, and say their, exactly. their piece because either they don't care or, or aren't worried about you know, mm -hmm. upsetting their opposing point of view yeah. and maybe they're embracing it and maybe there's a performative aspect to mm -hmm. uh, saying something they know will stir the pot. And then you just have people, you know, disagreeing and, and agreeing. And, and that's, you know, that's why I said the Chris Harrison thing, like there's a conversation here. I, right. I agree. Like it right. would have been, you know, hearing Chris out, hearing Emmanuel, out, not hearing Chris out, but like having a discussion between mm -hmm. Emmanuel and like what, what I, I think is important. I think yeah. Bree said it yesterday really well. 
she hopes Chris can be a catalyst for change, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I I hope that too. I don't know what's going to happen with Chris going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it's it remains unclear. I mean, it was kind of weird last night uh, to have Chris in his voiceover introduce Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone picked up on that, and and so it is it is unclear. Yeah. And I think while you have this uncertainty, we have people just fighting over. It's either fire Chris Harrison mm-hmm. or or no, Chris has been our host no matter right. what. The right. show doesn't like there. Chris did nothing wrong. Yeah. And it's just, no, yeah. Chris totally did something yeah, wrong. Did. And but people do things wrong and they learn and they apologize. And if they do the work and then they can grow, so be it. Yeah. Particularly in this case, you know, and I don't think it is one or the other. You're right. There's some space in the middle where Chris doesn't have to be canceled and never touch the Bachelor franchise again, in my opinion. Um, and yet still there can be a reckoning there. Yeah. But I also, I, I, I also recognize, um, you know, Chris has this, you know, as the host of The Bachelor, mm-hmm. it's a huge platform. It's a mm-hmm. huge microphone. It's a big we're, responsibility. we're in a time where social social justice is happening like never before in great mm-hmm. ways. And whoever is in that role mm-hmm. needs to be able to speak on it in a yeah. way that has positive actions yeah. and reinforcement. Yeah. And so there's a fair criticism if if Chris is still that person appropriately for that job and i'm not saying oh, i, I have no answer for it but you you have to be able to ask that question answer. oh absolutely that that criticism is fair and accurate and and definitely uh something i agree with to add to that the missed opportunity with after the final rose is what makes me feel like um the, there's a gulf that is becoming wider mm-hmm. between oh chris can kind of get back into this ecosystem sooner than later um because that was a big missed opportunity. And when we think about the fact that, you know, uh, Tasha and Caitlin are going to be hosting the next two seasons, I guess you would say, separate seasons of The Bachelorette. It's unclear. Is that I, unclear now? Okay. I think it's unclear. I think mm-hmm. you, you people have to pay attention to what was said. And in, in the first of all, it was the news dump of all news dumps at like 11 p.m. Oh. Eastern on a Friday. Yeah. When yeah. they posted that. Uh, they specifically say that Chris won't be hosting this season. Yeah, yeah. And then they said that Tasha and Caitlin will be supporting mm-hmm. the next Bachelorette mm-hmm. in a supportive role. Mm-hmm. They didn't say. Yeah, they, they did, did not, not label them hosts. They, they did not label them hosts. Nope. I know those words were specifically chosen for sure. Um, and then you have Chris doing the voiceover for. So oh, it's, it oh, remains hold on, unclear. Nick. Wait, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Are you implying that Tasha and Caitlin will be supporting, and that we might still see Chris in I, some capacity? I don't back. think we'll see Chris at all. Oh, on never Katie's mind. I'm season. putting down what you never. But what I'm put saying <laughs> is, I think, I think there will be a difference in what you see. Chris has, has what has, Chris has done in the role he has performed, mm-hmm. and. And Caitlin and and Tasha, got it. I think you'll see a lot of heart to hearts with right, with, right, with, right. with Katie. And quite frankly, again, like you know, sometimes when Chris sits and talks to the Bachelorettes and the Bachelor, it doesn't seem like there's a connect there. Maybe yeah. Caitlin and Tasha will it, that'll seem more natural. Yeah, exactly, because they've been through this experience and can relate in a totally different way. I'll be interested. My, I'm interested to watch. My that. guess is the franchise will take this season to. This will be the first time without Chris. Yeah. What is it like? How it goes. I see how it goes. Mm -hmm. I think uh, Mm -hmm. decisions haven't been made, is Mm -hmm. my guess. Mm -hmm. But I think they were very careful how they made that statement and left the left the door open for 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 them to have options. Totally agree. 
Um, anything else before we, we let Zuri go that we want to speak on before we, we let you go? I really appreciate you taking the thanks. time. Yeah, no, of course. Glad to be yeah, here. Thanks, Zuri. Are thanks, we excited Chrissy. about Michelle and Katie? I'm excited. I, I am. I'm a big Katie fan because I just love to see her stand up um, against bullying in the house and, and uh, leave that charge. I thought it was brave. And she just seems like a really sweet girl. Like she has a great personality. Uh, Michelle, I'm super excited about for prob- more excited about, honestly, just because my heart goes out to her. And obviously we saw her heart break, you know, in that final episode. So I'm excited for her to find love. Yeah, I'm excited for both. I yeah. think to that end, they'll both be great bachelorettes because mm-hmm. you 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 want someone who has no problem speaking laying her truth the laying, line, yeah. and, and, and they'll do it differently but yeah. they'll both do it well yeah yeah i am curious how a season will be without chris mm-hmm. and i i think i think it's an opportunity to see if change is in the works mm-hmm. or, or not but it will certainly be um something to watch out and yeah and I guess, continue to discuss more things. We shall see. Uh, Zuri, I can't thank you enough for taking the time um, and having these conversations. Of course. I'm thank always, you for having I'm me. I'm always appreciative of, of, of those conversations just because, like I said, I'm still trying to learn and understand. Yeah. And, um, and to your point, uh, all my friends, uh, black friends, people of color mm-hmm. i i know it's always like how many people like me have called you up and <laughs> asked you a question but um, here's the thing if you're my friend especially i'd rather you pick up the phone and ask the question than sit in silence and and let that divide stay yeah. you know let that let that ignorance exist or yeah. sit well but I, go to your patient black friend y'all don't yeah. go to the ones <laughs> you, know, you gotta pick the the friend wisely because everybody I, doesn't have time for that. i can't thank you enough uh <laughs> tell people about your podcast that is yeah out as yeah well. i've got a podcast um on iHeartRadio radio in partnership with the black effect network uh from charlemagne the god and it's called hot happy mess super excited um it's for millennial women who still want side parts and skinny jeans in their lives okay <laughs> uh gen z is welcome to all are welcome and we're really just about you know celebrating our our magic in the middle of life's messes embracing the hot the happy the mess of our lives all at the same time so we're talking love relationships dating i have experts on therapists i have my real life best friends um some uncomfortable conversations a lot of really fun just wacky ones and then some insight too so we're spoon feeding you the veggies uh with a lot of chocolate and wine and dessert awesome well it sounds like something my audience would certainly love so be sure to check that out guys and uh, zuri again thanks so much for for recapping Having me, the time and uh, you're welcome back anytime all right uh thanks guys for listening we appreciate it subscribe review all that fun stuff i hope you guys enjoyed this breakdown go check out uh, Bree's interview if you haven't and until then we'll see you on monday <laughs>